The Bible says it all comes from God. I'm talking about if you want to live victorious in this life, if you want to have a victorious Christian life, then we have to go to the source of all knowledge and understanding, which is what? God. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I want to do something. I wonder if we could all, this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Take your hands like this. Okay. I just want to get all the sweat and sticky off of them because I'm going to ask you to join hands across this room. We're going to pray. Father's Day is an incredible day. It's an incredible day. In the beginning, when God created everything, he created man. And he gave man dominion. And then he created woman to be beside man. And together they rule and reign. But he always gave man that dominion. Ladies, don't get all freaked out. I know we live in a in a very PC society. We live in a society in a world that is almost trying to emasculate, if you will, that dominion. Why? Because it's always been a spiritual war. Everything you deal with in your life, and I want you to hear this, every physical fruit has a spiritual root. Every physical fruit has a spiritual root. Say it with me. Every physical fruit has a spiritual root. Everything you deal with in your life, you think it's incidental, you think it's immaterial, you think it's, it's just minute. But there's a spiritual root behind it because the enemy is trying to undermine your stability, your victory, your uh, overcoming uh, way in Christ. When he made man dominion, he said, I want you to rule and reign. The wife is beside you, woman right there, not under, not over. Listen to me. Not quite equal. Are you okay? Not quite equal. Because gentlemen, he gave you a responsibility to provide, protect, to carry, to love, cherish, all these different things. And so I wonder today as we have hands joined, if you would say a special prayer for that man in your life, married, unmarried, I'm not talking about that. It might be your father. 
alive, deceased, makes no difference. Thanking, thanking God, thanking God that he put this man in your life. Not to rule over, but to have a place of authority that only God could give. Are you okay? So let's pray. Would you, don't just listen to my prayer. You lift your voice. And just in gratitude and thanksgiving, thank God for whatever man God brings to your mind in your life, your father, your son. It could be a husband. It could be a dad. Could you pray? Father, thank you on this Father's Day. Because as we sang earlier, ultimately, you are the good, good father. You are the one that began it all and established it all and enabled it all. And today, Father, I pray for my dad. He's gone home to be with you. But I thank you for the man that he was in my life. And not past tense, that he still is. Because he left an indelible mark upon my life. And I know that some in the sound of my voice, they may say, yeah, the mark my dad or my father left me was not a, was not a good mark. It is still a good mark because it's a mark you can learn from. Even, understand, we learn more of what to do from the things that we shouldn't do. And Father, today we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all of those men, all those sons, all those dads, grandfathers, God, that yielded their life to you to become the father that you called them to be, the provider. Lord, the dominion in this world, help us, Lord, always remember the effect they had on life. If it was great, let's make it even greater. If it wasn't so great, let's learn from it that we don't repeat it. And, Father, we become better because of it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Could we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise this morning? Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to ask the fathers, as everyone is seated, if your dads, granddads, uh, soon-to-be father, maybe your child is still on the way, I wonder if you could stand to your feet this morning. If you're a father in this room, a dad, a granddad, we're going to ask the we're going to ask the kids to come up, and they're going to have a little basket. We just have a little something for you. I know us dads like gadgets. Any dads like gadgets? I have an incredible neighbor, Bob Hurst, lives right next door to me. This guy has more gadgets in his garage than I think I've ever seen in my life. For a guy that loves to tinker around with stuff, I made him give me the code to his garage so I could break into it anytime I wanted to. Actually, I didn't. I am a father. Thank you, son. I'm a father, and and I know I'm going to shock most of you, but I'm a grandfather. Okay, didn't shock anybody. Stay standing, dads, because we're going to pass these out. And and it's just a little, it's just a little something that uh, my wife fell in love with this, okay, guys? She was looking. I want to get something really cool for the dads. So it's, uh, it's got a level. So dads, if you ever get off kilter, just put this in front of you and get yourself back on the level. Okay, my humor does get better. It's got a little flashlight in it. It's got a little uh, screwdrivers. 
I'm not sure how strong they are, but, you know, you turn the first thing, it may not go too far, but and it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And as dad still, don't sit down yet, dad, don't go sit down because I'm going to talk to you about this passage for just a second. In our prayer a moment ago, I prayed that we remember the dominion that God gave us. And I want you to listen to me, men, for just a moment. This passage, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, is incredible for us to understand because to have the dominion God intended you to have, that means you need to have the relationship with God he intended for you to have. See, that is only the way you're going to have the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding to do all the things you do. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, or ladies, let's, let's thank our, our dads today. Uh, kids, let's thank our dads today for all that they are and all that they do. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day. Mike, are we doing that today? Uh, last week, our, 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 uh, as you're seated, uh, I want you to welcome our youth director today. His name is Mike Chastain and his wife. Is she, is she here? There she is. Mike and Charity. Charity, come on up here, would you? Come on up. Michael and his wonderful wife. You know how come I know she's wonderful? Because she puts up with him. Actually, the heart that he has and she has for the kids, it, it takes a very special grace on the wife because they know that, that he's going to be giving and doing and all kinds of incredible things. So uh, let's let Mike and Charity know how much we appreciate them, would you, this morning? They just got back from youth camp last uh, Friday, and we uh, had an interesting uh, trip, but it was a incredible time, and so they're going to share just for a few minutes this morning. Uh, he he told me it's going to be about how long? Twenty minutes. I think you could add it on the end. Add it on the end. Yeah. Um, could I get the youth that went to camp to come up, please? I see you, Luis. Where's the shades? Isaac. Where's the shades? So we took 21, 18 and below of your young men and women to camp with us. And we had a great time. I mean, we had some things that went wrong, but it was all in the physical, nothing in the spiritual. I mean, it, it was just a great week. So I wanted to thank the church because we could not have done it without you guys. I mean, we had um, almost half who went completely with just fundraising. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yes. So it is Father's Day, and we, we have a, a great father. And uh, probably the most the thing I heard most from these kids from camp that they wanted to bring back with them was the way we did it there. And they kept saying, why can't we do that back here? And our response was, there's no reason why you can't do it back here. So uh, I think probably what we need to do together as a youth group is have that same mentality that we had while we were there and that we were just seeking God. And when you seek God, he finds you. 
So I have a couple of these guys who wanted to tell what they experienced. Who wants to go first? Avram? Autumn? Josh? So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear about some of our adventures there, on the trip there we had the air conditioner went out at Kingman. So Kingman to Barstow is probably the hardest part of the trip. Ryan was driving, sweating up there, hovering two inches from the AC so he could get a little bit. But he pulled over on the side of the road near Needles, and uh, we had a spontaneous water fight with water bottles. And it was probably the, my favorite part of the whole trip because it was, it was incredible seeing these kids, you know, life gave them lemons, and they poked a hole in the top and squirted each other with it. So, uh, Abram, would you like to talk? Come on. Got his notes, so that's good. Two pra- two pages, Abram. Remember, I'm preaching today, okay? Hi, my name is Abram, and I'm going to tell you how Campondo changed my life. So I went there believing in God, and I was telling everyone that I was a Christian, but I was not following the commands of God. And so one night during chapel, the pastor Pete was preaching, and he told everyone to put their heads down, and everyone in chapel did. Then he said, all the people that came here saying they're a Christian but not living the Christian life, please raise your head. And I rose my head. And at that moment, God spoke to me and told me to change my life and follow his commands. And I put my head down. And when I put my head down, I knew my life was going to be better and that my whole life was going to be changed for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. My name's Josh, and when I went to camp, I expected a big place where you can go and you can you just follow the Lord. And when I went into that chapel, when we went in there, I honestly um, didn't really want to be there that long because we wanted to play and go outside. But as soon as they started singing, I, wa- I didn't want it to end. I wanted to stay up there. And we, I wanted to sing forever. And we, the way you feel when they were singing in there, you just, there's nothing you can feel better about than when you're up there singing. Yeah. Praise God. It's Autumn's turn. Hi. <laughs> well, that sounds weird. Okay. Um, I'm Autumn. Um, so... Ooh, okay. I wrote notes, but now I'm kind of nervous about it. So, <laughs> before going to Pondo, my life was kind of hectic, I guess you could say. Um, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, and I wasn't really for sure about going. I was a little nervous and didn't... I knew something was going to change, but I didn't really know that it would be extreme. And... Um, okay, now I'm going to have to resort back. Okay, so, Camp Pondo was crazy. Um, it was really fun, but 
in the beginning, and I didn't really think of it as a church camp. I thought it was kind of just like time for fun and everything. But when we finally went to chapel, I really experienced the love and felt it right when I walked into the room. And it was easier to see and experience God because we had all these people surrounding us and loving God. And it was truly amazing to see the love that everyone felt. And um, it gave me a better sense of just experience and knowing of the actual Christian lifestyle. And it's not just about going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and then living your life the rest. It's really about worshiping and loving God every day. So um, I wanted to thank the church for supporting us to get us there and parents for sending your youth. I mean, I know I've had a bunch of people come up to me and thank me for what I'm doing for them, but they do way more for me. So I want to thank you for, you know, all the lessons that I got out of this week. And uh, I want to thank Pastor and Pastor because our bus did break down and they drove all the way to California Thursday night and in a rental van Picked us up, and we drove back Friday morning. So that, that's pretty impressive. So thank you, pastors, very much. I don't know what else to say except uh, as Radiant Youth, we really do want to be the salt and the light. Amen. So I thank you guys for your help in getting getting us on that journey so that we can be, you know, because salt has the, the aspects of being a flavor additive, but also a preservative. Yes. And we want to do that for the Christian faith, for the world. We want to preserve it for the future and then be a light also in the darkness because the darkness does flee from the light. So thank you very much. Amen. It just goes off. Let Mike and Charity and the kids know how much you love them and Because it is Father's Day, I know everybody has barbecue plans or lunch plans or things like that, and, and Dad, hopefully today they treat you like a king. I want to talk just for a very few minutes this morning. I started a series last week that I titled, Believing is Seeing, because we live in a world that wants to see before they believe, and and I've had many people over the years say, you know, I just don't believe. You, you show me something. <clears throat> and that's not something new because in the Bible, when Jesus went before Herod, he said, show me a sign. Show me this. Show me that. But throughout Scripture, Jesus' response, God's response, it says the only thing you want to see are the words of God. And when you believe the words of God, you will see the miracles of God. As fathers, one of the things that I understand is I need more wisdom than I've ever needed in my life when my children started coming along because I had no clue. I'm just, you know, barely a out of being a child myself. I went through all my years of school and all my years of, 
of uh, thinking that I was ready for stuff, but nothing quite prepares you for the moment that child arrives. And something that I think would be the, the birthing place of this sermon is that wisdom is understood that it comes from knowledge. And the knowledge that I had to pick from was the, the sages, the minds that were there before me, the moms, the dads that were around me. What did you do when this happened? What did you do when that happened? Where did you turn? Where did you go? Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Now, understandably, it almost in an innate fashion begins to well up inside of us. Why? Because God placed that in you, Dad. He placed the ability for you to be a dad. Why? Because he is the first dad. The Bible says he gave his only begotten son that if we just believe, if we just believe, we'd begin to see. And you know, say, I noticed something about people in my years of pastoring is the people differ very little. It doesn't matter who they are, where they're at in their life, but that little difference is what makes the big difference. Whether it's rearing children or just living life, we begin to understand that the biggest little difference in our life is very simply an attitude. Why? Because it's this little difference, this little thing called an attitude that can either be positive or negative, that can either shoot you forward or drag you backwards. And the minute the attitude becomes bad, we start to lose hope. We start to despair. We start to frustrate. When we begin to think that there is nothing better than where we're at. My wife and I watched a movie years ago with Jack Nicholson in it. And the movie is titled, As Good As It Gets. How many saw the movie? Interesting movie from front to end. But the concept is what intrigued me. Because he was this guy that had these these narcissistic problems, these psychological problems, these uh, issues that of his life, and then he walked into a into a room of other people with these issues, and they started saying the statement, "What if this is as good as it gets? What if the life you're living right now is as good as it gets?" I'm going to let that sink in for a second. What if it's as good as it gets? Before I leave you in the slew of despair, as Young Pilgrim would say, Young Pilgrim. There's a book series from way back called Pilgrim's Progress. Anybody read it? Talked about the slew of despair. Before I leave you there, let me tell you, life for you can be so much better. I don't care if it's great. God has even greater plans. Can you say amen? You see, the person whose knowledge does not give him greater understanding is truly the person that's failed. Because we are supposed to learn knowledge or wisdom and understanding from the knowledge. 
How do we gain the knowledge from what's already been done? Look at John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews that believed in him. Now, I think this is kind of an interesting comment right here that Jesus uh, in his word is saying. To the Jews that believed in him. In other words, they left Judaism and they became Christians. They left the law, if you will, not doing away with it, but realizing that Jesus came to give life and that more abundantly to the Jews that believed in him. Look what he says. If you hold to my teaching. If you hold to the knowledge of what's already been done, if you hold to what has already transpired in this life, look what it says here, then you are my disciples. I talked about dominion earlier. Gentlemen, your dominion comes from God. So you have to get a knowledge of what that means to have the dominion of God operating in your life. And when you hold on to that teaching, then and only then are you truly God's disciples. And then I underlined it in your notes, then, then, then you will know the truth. Take that word no in your notes there. You have it there in front of you? Take that word and circle it. And take a little line from it, and I'm going to give you a better translation for that word no. It is the word understand. It says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you will change the word no to understand. Then you will understand the truth, and the truth you understand will set you free. Now, let's look at the passage in context. To the Jews that believed on him, Jesus said, hold to my teaching." Hold to what you know my word says about life, about living, about parenting, about fatherhood, about motherhood, about daughterhood, about sonhood, about all the different things. Hold on to that. Then, if you know what I say, I'll give you the understanding to live what you begin to know. Am I making sense today? You see, God wants to give us understanding to know how to live life. Why? Because understanding what Jesus has already done is key to being, obtaining, and ultimately receiving all that he said he wants to give. Let me take you to the book of Proverbs chapter 2. I'm going to spend a moment here, and I want to break it down just a little bit. I'm not sure for you calorics out there or you high D on the uh, personality profiles and stuff, how far I want to get in this message because I want to get you out to lunch. But I want you to listen to what I'm saying because this could transform your life. Why? Because seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. And wisdom understood from knowledge is what gives you the ability to have victory in your life. Proverbs chapter 2, look what the scripture says. The Lord grants wisdom. Say that with me. The Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Say that with me. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now look at me. Does it come from the schools? Does it come from the universities? Does it come from anybody else? The Bible says it all 
comes from God. I'm talking about if you want to live victorious in this life, if you want to have a victorious Christian life, then we have to go to the source of all knowledge and understanding, which is what? God. Now, I use the New Living Translation to break this down because I think it it came down really good. I started to put two or three different translations together because I liked the way it was, but New Living did well. Okay? So look what it says here. He grants a treasure, say these two words with me, of common sense. Did you know that's the least common thing in the world today? How many remember when common sense was pretty common? How many see things that happen and say, my Lord, where'd the common sense go? He grants a treasure of common sense, but then there's an interesting word there, to the honest. That word honest means those that stand in integrity before God. So it's not just you being truthful. It's you knowing what truth is. It's you understanding because before God, you know you live or die. Before God, you, you, you win or lose. And then it goes on to say, he is the shield to those who walk with what? Integrity. We stand before God and we walk in this same integrity. And he guards the paths of the just and protects those who are what? Faithful to him. You see, God says if you want To have understanding, you've got to derive it from the knowledge pool, the place where it comes from. He said, be faithful to me and you will know the truth and the truth that you know, that you understand will begin to set you free. When I get frustrated in something, when I get perplexed in something, you know where I go? I don't go to YouTube. I don't go to Facebook My Lord Jesus in heaven, watch what you put on Facebook, please. I love you, but I don't care what you had for breakfast. I'm sorry, but that's not the part that I'm talking about. I see more dirty laundry on Facebook. Why? Well, it's the social network. Pretty unsocial to me. Folks, when I need something, you know where I'm going? I'm going to the author. I'm going to the finisher. Why? Because there's not another book. I can go through this thing. Now, don't worry. He's not playing games. He's got his Bible on there. He really does. Okay? I go to this thing when I'm searching this thing. I love the Internet. When I can discover things about God because there's people that spent countless hours dissecting God's word. Oh, let me give it back to you. But ladies and gentlemen, this is where I'm going to grab the knowledge of my life. I can't get it. Uh, Folks, if that desk up there called the pulpit, if you hear less of this and more psychology and philosophy, you better find another church. Why? Because it's not going to change your life. Oh, it might lift you. It might encourage you. It might even put a smile on your face, especially when I try to tell some of my jokes. Isn't that right, Josh? 
You didn't have to agree with me. Yeah. I gain knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to be the dad that I need to be. I, my, my oldest daughter is going to be 40 this year. I've been trying to convince people I'm still 39. It isn't working. But my oldest daughter is going to be 40 this year. My grandson just turned 19. Pastor Philemon, you're getting old. Because he's known them since they were born. Well, almost. The thing that I understand is even all these years later when my kids call me and they still call me, the only hope I can give them, the only instruction that I can give them is God's word. Look what it says here in Proverbs. Let's go back to it. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and the right way to go you will find. Because it's here that wisdom enters your heart and knowledge fills you with joy and wise choices watch over you and understanding. I know people that they have the Bible memorized in their head, but it has never made the transition to their heart. And ladies and gentlemen, until it does, it makes no difference. I enjoy reading some. I talked about Facebook, but Steve Bergeron, he put some, he put some incredible posts out there. And I give them a thumbs up one time and, uh, or sometimes, and I look at them and I'm thinking, man, that's deep. Me and old Bergie have to spend some time together. But he, he puts his title down there, Preacher. Somebody called him Preacher one time. I think he does a pretty good job of it. But do you know what he does? Listen to me. He doesn't trash his laundry all over Facebook. He places God's word because he knows the only hope the people on Facebook, and listen to me, if you're there, the only hope you're going to get is by finding wisdom and understanding through the knowledge of God's word. Can somebody say amen? amen? Abraham Lincoln said the problem we have in this life, look what he says, we've forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us and, has, and have vainly imagined through the deceitfulness of our hearts, that all of these blessings were somehow produced by our superior wisdom or our virtue. Father, if your kids grow up good, rejoice in God. Well, Pastor, what if they grow up bad? Rejoice in God. Because they're not your kids, they're His. You say, Pastor, what if I've done a bad job in raising them? Start today to do a good job. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. Nothing. You can't go back and try to buy it back, try to lavish them with something to make up for it. You can't do that, folks. All you can do is start today to live the life you're supposed to live. Well, you know, but I, how can I, how can I uh, uh, make them uh, understand this when I was such a bad example? God's word was never a bad example. And you know what I've done in times of my past? When I've done something that didn't line up to God's word, I took my kids back to God's word. 
And I said, you know what, guys? This is right. And this is what I should have done because this is who I say I am. Please forgive me. From today forward, this is what I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to be. Well, Pastor, that's easier said than done. Yes, it is. It'll cost you your life. But if you'll start living it today, I promise you, greater things are ahead. I said greater things are ahead. I said greater things are ahead. Can you say amen this morning? You see, we must understand that all the good that we think of, come to, or arrive at is because of God's wisdom that was set in your heart and mind. You see, the Bible teaches us in that passage that we just read that knowledge guided by understanding is where we get wisdom. Many times in your notes, I, I, I need you to write in there, not. I wrote many times our receiving from God is a lack of understanding. It's supposed to be many times our not receiving from God is a lack of understanding. Was that just in your notes or is that in my notes too? Put the word not in there because uh, it, it's generally, you know, our, our, our series is believing is seeing. If we're not seeing what we're believing, it's generally because we have a lack of understanding of what God has already done. Are you with me today? Let's go back to John chapter 8. To those Jews who believed in him. You know why they believed in him? Because they followed his life. They watched his life. They saw there was something to believe in. And then Jesus told them, he said, you have to hold to my teaching. <clears throat> if you really, really want to see what you believe, you've got to hold to my teaching. It cannot be a Sunday morning Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. Fathers, look at me for just a moment. It is not mom's responsibility to be the Christian experience of the house. It is the dad. Can I tell you the stats? If the mom is the spiritual experience of the home, you know how many of those kids will remain Christian when they get old? 23%. Those are the statistics. If the dad is the Christian experience of the home, you know how many of those kids will stay Christian when they get old? 78%. It's not the mom. But society says, well, that's mom's job. Where does it say that in God's word? You see, we're looking to society for the answers. Back in the 60s, everybody decided to listen to Dr. Spock, not the guy on the starship either. This guy that said, you can't discipline your children anymore. You can't spank your kids anymore. Now, I'm going to get some people irritated at me, but that's okay. I got the gift of irritation. You know what you do when your kids need discipline? The rod of correction, the Bible says, drives the evil spirit away. How many out there okay today? Good, good. Katya isn't liking this at all, are you? The rod of Christ. Folks, you don't slap them. You don't curse them. You see, you, you use your words to love them. You use their hands to cover them. 
You put something in the hand and that's what they fear. Man, this is good preaching. That's worth the admission right there. If you hold to my teeth, well, you tell me where that's. I just quoted the scripture. The rod of correction drives the evil spirit away. Look what it says here. If you do what you know, you are really my disciples. Because in doing what you know simply means you've understood the truth. And now life is being set free. Are you with me? A statement that I've made for many, many years is it's never an issue of knowing what to do. It's always an issue of doing what you know. See, that's what Hebrews chapter 4 says. It said, what is the difference between one Christian and another or one person and another is because those who hear don't combine it with faith. They don't put the legs to what they say they believe, which is why they don't see. You see, we live in a convenient Christian society. I believe that's why we see less of the move of God in our churches today. It's because everybody's in convenience. I mean, we want, we want, we want to go to, to, to Burger King and have it our way. Well, folks, Burger King Christianity doesn't work. God said it ain't your way. It's his way. And how do I know his way is I got to get back into his way. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 22, dads, listen to me. Raise up a child in the way, in the way. Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Raise up the child in the way. And when they're old, that way will not depart from their life. Oh, they may be a prodigal. They may walk this way. They may walk that way. They may go here. They may go there. But all the time, that word of God is going to be drawn in. Uh, folks, tell you something. The hounds of heaven will be nipping on their heels every day. As we raise them in the way, do we want to see what we believe? Bless the Lord, we got to start believing. Watch out, I get excited before we're done. Daniel 11. I love this passage. The people who know their God. What's it say? They'll be strong. And resist, that word him there means the enemy. Why? Because we know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. I'm going to ask the the worship team to come. You see, living life is more about God's presence than our present life. Let me say it again. Living life is more about God's presence than our present life. Do we want victory? Do we want overcoming success? Then we have to come over to the only side that succeeded. And that's the side of God Almighty. 
We're going to sing that song, Good Father, in just a minute. So if you get that ready. In your notes, I put something, and, and Bob called me last night because Bob does all of our screens and all the different things. How many think Bob Hurst does an incredible job with all this stuff? I, I just, he does incredible. He called me last night. Uh, our, our kids kind of came up at the last minute. Our, our uh, uh, youngest son, Ryan, and his wife, Taylor, and their, and, uh, their daughter, Rylan. And Rylan wanted to go see the bears. So, you know, we're putting, we go out to Arizona. You saw some pictures on Facebook. You see, we, we put good laundry on Facebook, grandkids and all that. And, and yes, your pastor does get away from time to time. But I had this statement in my notes and, and, and Bob said, Pastor, what does this exactly mean? And so I want you to look at it. It's on the screen. Yesterday's a memory. Today is a possibility. I'm going to stop there for a second because I want you to see something. You can't do anything with memories other than dwell in them or enjoy from them or get joy from them. You say, Pastor, there's lots of pains if I choose to let that be that. If I choose to dwell in it. See, yesterday's victories will be tomorrow's defeats if I don't choose to live today. I can't. Yesterday is a memory. Today, every single day, you have a possibility to see what you believe. But do you really believe it? Is this, is this book just a book you read for devotions or is it a book you apply am I making sense this morning you see this book is wonderful to have on your shelf and every morning Pastor Philemon talked about his devotions I do devotions my wife does devotions I'm in my Bible every single day you know why not because I'm looking for something fun to read or something enjoyable. I'm looking for life because I have to live this thing called life. And when I bring this book out, I realize yesterday, can't do anything about. Good or bad, right or wrong, what I did is done. Dad, you may have been a bad dad. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, no, no. Really, it wasn't okay. But there's nothing you can do about it. But start today to be a great dad. That's the only thing you can do. Start today to be a great dad. Because yesterday's a memory. Whether it's a dream or a nightmare is your choice. Today is a possibility to begin to see what you believed but it will only be a possibility if you make a choice to do something with it. Why? The last line. Every day is the potential to fulfill what? His story. Because that's what history really is. One day your life will be history. 
It's the question, will it be just archaic or will it really be his story that was lived out in your life? You see, I've made mistakes. And you know something that I've taken it to God? And I said, God, please forgive me for this. And a few weeks later, I'd like to say a few weeks later, it's probably a few hours later, but a few whatever later, I made the same mistake. Anybody did that before? Okay, you didn't learn stupid the first time, so you redid it. Come on, don't make me feel bad. I don't want to be the only one that did that, okay? Okay, good, okay. And I went back to God and I said, God, will you forgive me again? I I did it again. You know what God said? You did what? Well, you know, God, I just talked to you about it five minutes ago. See, I said a few days later. It's really five minutes later, okay? Well, you know, God, I just talked to you about Talked about what? Well, God, come on. You know, I, we just had this conversation, and I asked you to forgive me, and you forgave me. Yes, I did. So what's the problem? But God, you forgot. Yes, I did. So what's the problem? Why do you remember what I forgot? Why do we allow the devil to beat us up with what went bad or what didn't go good? When God just says, okay, some do, some don't, some will, some won't, next. Yesterday's a memory. Okay, great. Today is the possibility I have. Why? Because today can begin the every day that is a potential of fulfilling his story in my life. And that's what my kids have to see. That's what my wife has to see. That's what my friends have to see. But more than anything, that's what this world has to see. And that's Christ in me, the only hope of glory. Can you say amen? There's a lot more in your notes, but I'm going to stop there. Happy Father's Day, guys. Could you put the words of that song up there, please? It's coming. Good, good Father. I've heard thousand stories of what Real soft. They think you're like. See, the world, they begin to think God's like the story that we've lived. When God said, if you'll just start reliving his story, you know what it is. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. God has a way of enabling us to see what we've believed. If we'll just say, God, I know who you are. God, you know who I am. But you said you love me. That's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Is that who you want to be? Then what you got to do is say, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. And then God, heal me. Because I need today be the first day of the rest of my life. I want to see what I believe your word has said has already been done in my life. 
Is that what you want? As we're singing this song, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. Real soft. Listen to me. Make sure they hear my voice, Jeremy. Jeremy. Why don't you look at me, folks? I'm going to open these altars. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a dad or a mom, a son or a daughter, a boss or an employee, a friend or a foe. I want you to come find a place at this altar. And I want you to say, God, I want to see the life that I believe your word says I can live. But today, I'm going to start believing this this word. And I'm going to show my believing by the life I'm living. If that's you in this place, I want you to come find a place at this altar. Just get out of your chair. Somebody's got to be the first one. So begin to move. Come find a place and say, God, today, today, I'm going to begin to see what I believed because I'm going to start to live a life that shows everybody out there that I'm believing what I'm seeing. Would you come? Would you come? You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect. These altars are open. I would encourage you. Today is a day to start brand new. Let go of what was. Grab a hold of what is. And reach forward to what yet can be as you begin to trust God. And you begin to live the life that you say you believed. So you can see the promises God said, if you would just believe. You are perfect in all of your ways. As the music plays softly, I want to take you back to John chapter 8. It says, to the Jews that believed in him, if you will hold to my teaching, if you would hold to my teaching then you're my disciple do you know a Christian you know what a Christian is one that's living a life that's Christ like Christ like that means that I'm holding to his teachings and because I know where the truth comes from he said I can begin to understand the truth and the truth I understand will begin to set me free God today we thank you You are a good father. God, we thank you, Lord, today. God, we thank you today, Lord, that we can begin to see what we've always believed as we trust you, as we trust you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, touch all those that came to the altar, all those that are in the chairs. God, help us to begin to see what we believed. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. People are still praying, but let's stand to our feet. God, we thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. Dream.